the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Audio drama, poetry, fiction. You're listening to the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. To start our new season, we're bringing you poetry from one of the most exciting British poets to emerge in the last couple of years. Phoebe Stooks's most anticipated collection, Platinum Blonde, is published this week by Blood Axe Books, and we're delighted to share five of the poems with you, along with some thoughts on the poems and her life as a poet from Phoebe herself. If you enjoy these poems, please consider buying Platinum Blonde. We'll provide details of how you can do so at the end of the podcast and in the notes accompanying the show. The readers in this podcast are Marie Claire Wood, Tiffany Clare and Nadia Wiener-Boyan. Our first poem is called Bleach. Hello, I'm Phoebe Stooks. I'm a poet and writer from West Somerset, now living in London. My first collection, Platinum Blonde, is coming out with Blood Axe Books on the 3rd of September. Bleach is a poem about harassment and the horror of being observed. When I had bleached blonde hair, I felt very visible. It felt like the attention I received, both positive and negative, increased, and I wanted to write about that feeling of hyper-awareness I developed as a result. I liked the blonde, but it was too powerful. I had to grow it out. My head was a hot white coal in the night. Men loved me too much. They followed me on foot or in their slick cars, at a slow pace, saying nothing. I could hear the slow grind of their wheels or their heavy footsteps, out of tune with the timber of my stilettos. I wasn't wearing stilettos, but I think you will imagine that I was. When I picked up one of those shoes in Topshop, my mother said, You'll break your ankle. And I did not believe her. She said... You'll come unstuck. And I did. These days I keep my feet firmly laced to the earth. In trainers. I'm getting ready to run. about possessiveness. There is a joke by the comedian Maria Bamford where she's physically repulsed and says, oh, what a stinging broth intimacy can be. And I think about that a lot when I write love poems. Is it too late to tell you this is what love looks like sometimes? I'm holding the name of the girl in my mouth. Like gum in church, I am holding the name of the girl who opened you up like a scallop with a knife. 
I want to use my hands to hold your wet insides. Sometimes this is what love looks like. I am holding her name in my mouth like a cough sweet and it numbs me all the way down. is about precarity and glamour two things that I think are inextricably linked I often romanticise my feelings of inadequacy and Jean Reese, who is mentioned in the poem has a novel called Good Morning Midnight which has similar themes All I think about is love and money marrying for money and falling in love on the side staying in love with my old loves meeting them in oyster bars never forgetting anything never making any money I think about Jean Rhys in Paris, waiting for Harrison Ford to wire her some money. She was perpetually short on love and money. Did I say Harrison Ford? I meant Ford Maddox Ford. He had so much money. When I watched Parade's End, I thought I could be the little suffragette who loved him, as if I could stand a passionless existence, shut away in a girl's school, earning my little money. He never tells her how he's feeling. I don't want that kind of love or money. I want to be stinking drunk at a restaurant eating bread from a basket, thinking of vintage Prada and snow. I'll take the love or the money. Platinum Blonde is your first collection. How far back do poems included in it go? I started purposefully trying to write Platinum Blonde or the book, as it was known back then, in late 2017 through 2018. Um, But it also includes poems from my pamphlet, Gin and Tonic, which I wrote mostly in 2015, and poems I wrote during my undergraduate degree, which I finished in 2017. Um, There's even a couple of poems in Platinum Blonde from 2019, so the timeline is about five years long, I suppose. You've been described as a poetic enfant terrible. Do you feel that your poetry has the potential to shake up or refresh the poetry world's establishment? Well, rather embarrassingly, that's a title I gave to myself initially as a joke, but maybe now I believe it about myself, I don't know. Because I like to be around people who are older and wiser than me, I often get told how young I am, so the joke sort of came out of that. I liked it because it's widely misunderstood to be describing someone who is a young artist who writes things that are shocking and falls out of cabs drunk. And the original meaning of the term is a child that upsets their parents in public by announcing things that are embarrassing but true. And I liked that idea. But no, I don't think my poetry has the power or potential to change anything particularly. I'm not really interested in being influential, but uh, what I want is to connect with other people, especially women. That's always been my goal. Thus I Became a Heart Eater is a poem about spacing out in front of the Krispy Kreme cabinet in Tesco Metro. I'm also chronically obsessed with Valentine's Day for reasons that probably have to do with growing up in the heyday of 2000s romantic comedies. I was holding myself like an open flame at Candlemas when the donut presented itself, glossy, red and obscene. 
the same vague heart shape of a woman's face. I ate it in three bites in the street, thinking of Valentine's Day. How every year it manages to hurt my feelings. How when I was young I wanted to be called Valentine, the bringer of love. How I used to want a minute black heart tattooed on my buttock, where only a lover could find it. And what would be the point of that now? Then I swallowed and sucked the sugar from my fingers, like a disgusting child at a fair. Your poems offer a very honest view on what it is to be a young woman in 21st century Britain. Are they based on personal experience or do you draw from other sources? I think it's a mistake to confuse the voice in the poems for who I am as a person. The speaker and I have experiences in common and I've tried to recount those experiences faithfully, but it's also an impossible task. The poet Elaine Kahn has talked about using the veil of the speaker to protect herself from the hazard of disclosure... I certainly wouldn't like to be confused for the voice in the poems. I also think there are certain experiences I refer to in the book that are common to many women, and I know this because people tell me that. What comes next? Are you working on new poems? Yes, I have a pamphlet forthcoming from Verve Press in September 2021. Uh, It will likely include poems from my graduate thesis, which was true crime poems about women who've killed people. Confessional is one of the final poems in Platinum Blonde. I put it at the end because I think the whole book is sort of obsessed with the concept of romantic love, and I liked the idea of renouncing it at the end. Baby, you are not always as right as you think you are, but you know I must be hard up to want love. In this economy of shop floors and polishing dinner knives, holding their excruciating heat in a dry cloth napkin, In my chapped hands, in this climate of all my not inconsiderable emotions for no money, where all my blood couldn't buy me a yellow silk skirt. Why would I ask the devil for love? Why am I trying to give away everything I have? Am I more religious than I thought? Should I go to Rome? Or worse, am I trying to disappear? Am I covering myself up with soil or shards of wallpaper? Why would I ask for love when I could curl up around a thick fur coat? When, like a cat, I will curl up in warmth from just about anywhere. Why then would I ask you for love? hope you have enjoyed listening to these poems by Phoebe Stooks. Our readers have been Mary Clarewood, Tiffany Clare and Nadia Wynne-Aboyan. 
We would like to thank Phoebe Stooks for working with us on making this podcast and Neil Astley of Blood Axe Books for allowing the poems to be reproduced in this way. If you would like to buy Platinum Blonde and find out more about Phoebe and other Blood Axe poets, please visit www.bloodaxebooks.com. We'll provide a clickable link and social media details in our show notes. We have lots more poetry coming up on the podcast, including writing from Maria Taylor and Sarah Hesketh. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram to learn more. The presenter of this podcast has been me, Holly Sengster. If you're new to alternative stories and fake realities, please subscribe to listen to all of our content, which includes audio drama, poetry, fiction, interviews, and advice for creators. This is the third season of the podcast, and you can check out all our previous content by visiting us on your favorite podcast platform. As a subscriber, you'll receive new additions the moment they are released directly to your podcast feed. If you're a fan of poetry, you'll find plenty to enjoy in our archive, including podcasts featuring Ella Frears, Peter Finch, Sarah Corbett, Mary J. Oliver, and Jennifer Wong. In our autumn season, we'll be featuring a number of new poetry collections, as well as offering career retrospectives of poets we enjoy. We'll be producing and commissioning work on the climate crisis as part of our support for Culture Declares Emergency. And we'll be bringing you original audio drama, starting with Hairspell, a collaborative piece exploring the folklore and mythology of hairs. If you enjoy the written arts and like to hear texts brought to life by professional actors and musicians, please join us and tell your friends about alternative stories and fake realities. stories and fake realities podcast audio drama poetry fiction